So, I more want to share than preach at you, because that's crazy. <laughs> so, you can, drummer boy, you can come down too when you're ready. Um, so, yeah, so for those of you that have heard me this weekend, um, hi, I haven't heard you yet. <laughs> um, uh, the guys, probably, do the guys know my story? Do they, got on the grapevine what my story is. So, I'll share a little bit of my story first, so... You can see where I'm coming from, right? So um, I was actually born the baby of a gang rape and I was given away at birth, adopted. And um, long story short, I've spent my whole life really battling um, rejection and insecurity and inferiority and all those things. So I want to talk about tonight, get yourselves all sorted in there. I want to talk about being misunderstood um, because I'll wait till everyone's settled. Is this the boys' end and the girls' end? Is this like the Brethren Church? <laughs> okay, so I want to talk tonight about being misunderstood, right? Because obviously with the background that I have as well, right, I always felt really rejected, always felt really misunderstood. I never felt part of the crowd um, uh, at school. Um, I never even felt part of the crowd at, at church. And so when I was sitting there just before with the girls, I said, oh, I, I had a flashback of when I was in youth group in my teens and I would be in a room with all the other teens in the church and I would feel really awkward. <laughs> Do you know like you can just be in an environment and you, you, you're pretending but you feel really awkward, right? And um, I was never cool and I'm still not cool. Like literally, no, I'm, no, trust me, I'm really not cool. I'm seriously not cool. I've done... <laughs> I've never graduated to the cool girls club. You know that, that club of that the girls at school, they were it, 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 it more. And I went to an all-girls school, so there's a lot of them. Um, and those girls, they used to dress up at the before they went out in the street in the afternoon to meet the boys from the school next door, which was bit, I thought was a bit ridiculous, to be fair. But I was just, I was just awkward, right? And so I, I never felt like I fitted in. And I think we can spend our whole lives trying to fit in. It's just not worth it. <laughs> it's just not worth it because you are so uniquely and beautifully crafted and wonderfully made just like you are, all right? So I'm just going to uh, take you through because there's such a spirit out there, isn't it, at your age in particular, that wants you to fit in. They want you to all dress the same, don't they? They want you to talk the same. They want you to all start believing the same. There's such a pressure out there now to believe stuff that's not true um, in your whole environment. And um, I just want to smash that thing down tonight. It's really not cool to be cool. It's much better to be yourself. So I'm going to talk about, um, I'll give you some, some funny examples actually of, of stupid things I've done so you know how uncool I, I am, right? So back in my life, for those of you that don't know, we lived in um, England for 29 years. I'm very old. My son is 31. Um, and uh, I ran an anti-trafficking charity that was subcontracted to the British government. So we rescued victims of human trafficking, thousands and thousands of people. And so I ended up in some quite interesting places. And um, I had met two British prime ministers, went to Downing Street. And then another time I was invited um, to cocktails at the Russian Embassy in London, right? Now, you probably wouldn't want to be having cocktails at the Russian embassy at the moment. <laughs> right? you, you might die <laughs> or get another chocked. <laughs> but um, so I was there, and it was just this really intimidating environment, right? And um, 
I'll tell you two stories. I just want so you can completely unpick what you see here and realize how seriously uncool I am. And so I was talking firstly to this actress called Mira Savino. So she's quite a famous actress and she's an advocate uh, against human trafficking in the world, right? So she had a little Prada handbag in her hand and she was eating a cocktail sausage off a toothpick. And I don't know what overcame me, <laughs> but I, I, I looked so stupid. I thought, you can't put that tooth... I don't know what was going through my head. I was thinking, you can't put that toothpick back into such an expensive handbag because a handbag would have been worth about $20,000, right? And when she finished the cocktail sausage, I reached out and said, give me that, right? <laughs> I looked like some sort of deranged stalker. So... <laughs> I took the cocktails, the little toothpick, and put it in my handbag. I just looked. Ab so that was just the beginning of the night, right? And then, and then we, then they had all these speeches going on. And so there was a lady over here, head to toe in velvet, with a crown on. I don't. I think she was the Duchess of Kent or something. And then when they were doing the speeches, the Duke of Kent was on one side of me, and Muhammad Al Fayed, so the guy that owns Harrods. Um, was on the other side of me, right? And they were doing all these speeches and I had an orange juice in my hand and I got over-enthusiastic with clapping. Yes, you're right, you're exactly what you thought. I spilled the entire orange juice right down the front of my white top, right in front of the Duke of Kent. So seriously, as hard as I try to be cool in any environment, it doesn't work for me, right? So, so now you, you've, you've, I've dismantled the delusion for you, haven't I? I'm seriously, seriously uncool. So I want to talk to you about a guy in the Bible who didn't fit in, and his name was Zacchaeus, okay? And have any of you heard of the story of Zacchaeus? So Zacchaeus was a tax collector. So he had a lot of marks against him, right? One, he was short. It says in the Bible he was a short man, right? No. Take what you want from that. But it's a little societal mark, right? He was short. Um, it says he was a tax collector. So he was really, really disliked, right? And Jesus was coming through the town, right? And he wanted to see Jesus. So this, I'm going to read you the scripture here. I want, what I want to get out for tonight is I want you to understand that God has a place in his heart for the misunderstood. Okay. So Zacchaeus from Luke 19 says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. Well, in Australia, if you were both those things, you would have been pushed down off your totem pole pretty quick, wouldn't you? Tall poppy syndrome, right? He was a tax collector. He wasn't your local Aussie battler that everybody liked. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, don't you love the Bible? <laughs> he could not see over the crowd. I've never had that problem. I was this height at 12. Um, so he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. So Jesus could even see the misunderstood guy up the tree. I must stay at your, your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So as I said, this, this guy, Zacchaeus, he had short man syndrome, right? He didn't feel seen, obviously, right? And, and he had to climb a tree. So here he was, this guy that everybody hated already, hanging out up a tree looking like a monkey, right? Does, does anybody relate? 
here to sometimes how we feel in life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just find myself in situations that I just don't know what to do with my hands and feet. Is anybody else with me? Like, just awkward, right? So he was disliked and he sidelined already, right? And then he was pushed out of the mainstream already. Is anybody related here, right? How we feel sometimes as Christians in our school life. Feel pushed out of the mainstream, right? So he was up a tree looking like an, or an orangutan, trying to get a view of Jesus and the future. And he was gazing through a crowd of people that everybody else saw as acceptable. Am I making you feel more comfortable? <laughs> Sometimes life feels like we're looking through a crowd of people that look more acceptable than us, right? And, and I just believe that what God wants to do is want us, he wants us to see that he sees us. Because, you know, you are so wonderfully, beautifully crafted by God, just the way you are. I was thinking of my, of my son tonight who um, was the most awkward um, out of place kid at high school and he didn't he didn't gain himself any friends because he used to love the musicals and he would sit <laughs> he would sing songs at the top of his voice of the songs from the musicals around the high school so he didn't really <laughs> didn't gain himself any friends <laughs> right but he but he was just delightfully unaware of how unpopular he was <laughs> But now he's making a living from writing music for orchestras, right? So you just, sometimes the very thing that you're picked on for is the thing that God's going to use in your life, right? So don't change the thing about you that's beautiful that everybody wants to victimize because that could be the very thing that God really wants to use. In actual fact, he was so disliked and then in about grade 10, um, he won a national competition in the United Kingdom to present this famous children's show called Blue Peter. And it was, it'd been running for 50 years. And he presented the 50th birthday show of Blue Peter from the BBC in London. It was really awesome. For about three weeks, people would hang out of buses. There's the kid! <laughs> it was quite fun. And then when he got to grade 12, this is really interesting, right? He got to grade 12, suddenly it all changed, right? And the school principal got him because he can play the piano and sing. And the school principal got him to lead the school in worship songs for assembly because he hung on to his convictions and he was willing to be the odd one out during high school. I just want to encourage you, that was off-piste, but we'll go back here. Okay, so this was the key as he was up a tree, right? And I've just written here, there are huge numbers of people whose unique gifting or acceptability has pushed them to the outer corner of the building. You're in the perfect place because Jesus can see you. And so Jesus, who was very quick to say to Zacchaeus, you must come and stay. I must come and stay at your house today. So it wasn't like Zacchaeus even had to chase after Jesus. Jesus saw him up a tree looking awkward, looking misunderstood. And he said, I want to come and live in your house. So your Jesus today wants to come and live right where you are at. It's almost like you don't have to search for him. He's searching for you. He's, he's looking to find you. He wants to live in the lounge room of your heart. He wants to put power pads on your heart. And he wants to give living waters into your spirit. Um, I'm just going to jump on here. 
So there was a guy in England and his name was Swampy. And, and Swampy was really famous, right? Because Swampy was one of those greeny activists and he had like really long dreadlocks, right? And he was famous in England because what he used to do, he used to build um, tree houses up trees all over Britain and stop people building motorways. <laughs> he was famous. And so he just used to live up trees. And I don't know how he survived because it's pretty darn cold in England, right? Um, and so he became famous as this agitator. And he spent all his time up trees. But he would have done a lot better and he would have got a lot more done if he'd come down from the tree instead of living and actually talked to government, right, than staying up the tree. Now, I'm saying that to say we can make a habit when we feel misunderstood and unwanted and awkward. We can make a habit of climbing up the tree and looking at Jesus from a distance, right? The best decision, so the Bible says Zacchaeus came down. The best decision that Zacchaeus made was not going up the tree. The best decision that Zacchaeus ever made was coming down. Now, you've got to cover some real fearful territory to do that because it's really easier to look at Jesus from a distance. Nobody can see you doing it. Nobody can see you looking uncool, right? You can just do it from a distance. But if you really want to be somebody that makes a real mark with your life, you've got to be really prepared to come down from the tree and meet Jesus. Now, I remember a time, I think I was about 13, and I went to this church in Brisbane. So I didn't always live in England. I went there when I was 25. So I went to this church in Brisbane. And I, it was a really big church, probably about 800 people there. And um, there was like downstairs and then there was a balcony. And I used to, because I, I was like, um, I used to run for Queensland. So even at 12, I was running for Queensland, right, as a sprinter. And um, so I was just cool. I just thought I was cool, but I really wasn't, right? So I was trying to be cool by sitting in the back row of church, right, with all the cool kids, right, that used to, like, throw minties down in the back of people's shirts and stuff. <laughs> I'm sure my mum was horrified. And um, the pastor at the front of the building that night, he put out a call for those that wanted to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. So that's when, when God comes and instills you and begin to speak in other tongues, right? And secretly in my heart, just like Zacchaeus in the tree, I really, really wanted God, <laughs> right? And I remember sitting in that back row and I had my Zacchaeus come out of the tree moment. And I remember the Holy Spirit challenging me, did I want to be cool and try and hang with this gang or did I really, did I really want Jesus? And I knew in that moment of decision. So I had to come right down from the back of the balcony all the way down the stairs, all the way through the crowd. I knew my mum and dad would be watching, pretending not to notice, but cheering in their hearts. <laughs> and um, I remember that moment when Jenny Stewart, was my name then, came down out of my tree. Now, I lost my uncool friends that night but I gained a friend in Jesus that I've had in a spectacular fashion since I was 13 years old. 
And it stopped me from doing stupid stuff in my teens and ruining my life. And so I remember and I, I came out and in actual fact, my brother, who I was brought up with, um, yeah, it's a long story. I actually have 11 brothers. One I was brought up with, four on my mum's, my birth mum's side, and six on my birth father's side. So I've got um, the six on my birth father's side are um, barely out of prison. One rang me just recently and said to me, Jen, what can I do to stop getting in trouble? And I said, Jason, well, perhaps the first thing you could do is stop hitting policemen. That would be a really great first step. <laughs> um, so, but this one brother that I was brought up with, the same night, uh, he got challenged his Zacchaeus moment as well. And he came down from the other side of the auditorium and we both got baptised in the spirit that night in Brisbane, way back before any of you were even a thought of your parents' mind. <laughs> and so I had my Zacchaeus moment where I decided I wasn't going to try any longer to be part of the cool crowd. I wasn't going to sit up in the tree and cynically watch everybody else's relationship with God. I was going to find mine. I was going to find that that crevice, that place where I got to know Jesus for myself. And and most of you tonight probably already know that Jesus, but for some of you tonight, we really need to make that decision in our spirit that we're not going to try and be part of the cool crowd. We're not going to try and fit in anymore. Trying to fit in is the worst thing you can ever do because you're so unique and so beautifully. The Bible says in Psalm 139, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're so so uniquely fashioned and it was like um when my son was at school the sports master discovered that ryan my son's uncle one of my brothers had played rugby for australia and they were trying to force this teenager who loved to sing songs from the musical and play the piano and the flute <laughs> to play rugby and I remember Ryan saying to me, Mum, they'll damage my hands. These are going to be my money makers. <laughs> and it's true, they are making him money now. He writes music for all sorts of things, right? And if he bowed to that pressure to become a part of the cool club, he would have missed out on his God genius, right? And there's God genius in each and every one of you. There's a uniqueness in you that each and every one of you struggle with. Because the cool crowd will always tell you you need to be something else, and you don't. You're beautifully crafted just like you are. Is anybody awake? The treehouse can become a place of observation and critique and a place where we hide our hearts from vulnerability. A close friend once said to me, vulnerable people get better. Bitter people don't. Vulnerable people get to know Jesus. People that just watch on don't. The best move, like I said, Zacchaeus ever made was not going up the tree, but it was coming down. He chose to come down immediately and he chose to get to know God. God has a place in his heart for the awkward. And I love this statement, your weirdness is your calling card. The very thing at times that you're misunderstood about is the beautiful thing that God has crafted in you. Um, this is, I want to celebrate the genius of what is actually in you. So like I said, and, and the girls heard my story on Friday night, all my life I've really been dogged in my spirit by, because of my beginnings, 
uh, because I was born completely unwanted and unloved as a baby of gang rape, always really suffered um, incredible rejection and inferiority and insecurity. And I had to meet Jesus and I had to meet him in such a way that, that I felt celebrated by God. And what I'm going to pray tonight, and this is not a long message because I didn't want to preach at you. I wanted to sit with you, you know. Um, I want tonight you to feel completely wanted and celebrated and seen by God. And, um, and I wanted for some of you tonight to feel like, <coughs> pardon me, that you don't have to battle the crowds to be it anymore. You know, it's such a relief. I feel the Holy Spirit on me. It's such a relief when you don't have to prove yourself anymore. It's such a relief when you just become happy in your own skin. And the earlier you do that, the more successful life you have. Because as a teenager and at school, if you just are so happy to be yourself, you know, it it actually attracts people like bees to a honeypot when you're just secure in your own skin. So I'm going to pray tonight. And we don't even need the keyboard or anything, right? I'm just going to pray that we, is everybody with me? We're going to have a really holy moment. In actual fact, I know I prayed for you the other night, right? 